to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. My name is Rachel and I am a professional dog trainer and dog mom and I love this podcast so much. I know that there are a lot of dog training podcasts, so I am grateful that you have chosen to spend some time with me. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk all about how you can deal with the haters and I think that It may be different than what you're anticipating, so definitely hang on for that. But before we jump into today's episode, um, I wanted to talk about the latest episode that I released with Simon, who is also known as the Mutt Nut. Simon does a lot of work in reactivity with shelter dogs. So those of you who work in rescue, you work at a shelter, and you want to help all the reactive dogs, do yourself a favor and listen to episode 184 with Simon. We talk all about how we can handle reactivity in shelter dogs as well as reactivity in pet dogs. As many of you know, reactivity is one of my favorite subjects. So um, Simon and I have a really awesome conversation, so be sure to check out that episode. So like I mentioned, I want to talk about how we can deal with the haters in today's episode. And when I say haters, I mean literally the internet trolls, but also the people in our lives who do not understand why we have chosen positive reinforcement, why I've chosen kindness and compassion. I know that a lot of people struggle with this, especially with their partners and their close family members who just don't get it. So um, I have a lot of experience with this, obviously, because I live in the real world too, and I have a partner and I have a family And they all weren't believers in positive reinforcement training initially, but they all are now. So I really hope that my perspective can help you here. So I think that it's really important when we're talking about how to deal with the haters is that we kind of flip it around and we make sure that we are dealing with our own emotional baggage surrounding the subject of training with positive reinforcement and choosing to use kindness and compassion instead of some of the outdated um, dominance-based training, um, you have to make sure that your mindset is where it needs to be. And I don't want to pretend that I have all the answers because I definitely don't, but obviously training professionally for the last 10 years and working with thousands of clients and obviously I am not immune to the internet haters and the internet trolls is that it has really, I guess, forced my hand in making sure that my mindset is clear on what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So I think that some questions that you can be asking yourself are, why are you choosing to train the way that you are training? Um, Some of the answers to my why are because one, it is in the best interest of the dog. Um, Two, it is in the best interest of me. And I think that that is one of the challenging things to grapple with because from the outside, right, the outside perspective, I think that We get caught up on our own ego and thinking like, oh my God, what are people thinking when they see me and my dog out and my dog is just ahead of me and they're sniffing and they're doing their thing. 
And I think that that is something that you as the human individual have to get clear on and come to terms with. And the reason why I choose positive reinforcement, I choose kindness, I choose compassion is not only for the dog's well-being, because obviously that's my top priority, but it is also for my well-being because I want to grow. I want to be a better person. I want to keep giving and contributing to this world. And by hanging on to what other people think of what I'm doing with my dog, I understand that that doesn't serve me. So I think that it is in our own best interest to get really clear on the why, right? Why are we choosing to train this way? And every time some of the ego starts to pop up, the ego, the you know annoying voice in the back of your head, like feeling frustrated because the dog won't listen to you and maybe all the trainers that are saying that you should be harsher with your dog are right. When those thoughts start to creep in, I want you to stop and literally take a deep breath because honestly, y'all, that's what I'm doing <laughs> because why, while I'm clear on my why, while I'm clear on that, it doesn't mean that I'm not immune from that voice creeping in. So I want you to stop and take a deep breath, literally a deep breath, y'all. Take a deep breath in, hold it for a couple of seconds and let it out. And I want you to remind yourself that you are learning how to not only treat your dog with kindness, compassion, and put their needs at the forefront, that also sets a model for you being able to do that for yourself far outside of choosing positive reinforcement training for your dog, okay? So I think that it's really important when we're talking about how we can deal with the haters is we have to look inward. We have to be clear on the why of the choosing positive reinforcement and choosing to meet our dog's needs above society's expectations of what dogs should do and be and have, okay? So that's really, really important. And I think that that's really the first step in dealing with the haters, right? Is getting clear internally, emotionally, like in our heart, understanding that there's a big why and that is more important than how other people perceive what we're doing. I think that it's also really important to get good at reframing some of the outside perspective. So let me give you an example. So when I'm out walking Waylon, um, typically our normal neighborhood walks these days, I just take him out on the 20 foot leash because we live in a pretty quiet neighborhood and I'm pretty good at managing the leash. So he's constantly ahead of me, he's pulling, he's sniffing, and there will be that periodic moment, right? Where I'm out and maybe Waylon has pulled to the like perfect smell and I kind of get a little annoyed. And then I start thinking to myself, oh my God, these people are watching me and they think that this like blocky headed dog is just pulling me all over the place. What I like to do is rein my thoughts back in and realize and reframe that most people are more involved in their own selves than they really are in caring about me. So first and foremost, people probably really aren't paying attention to me to the level that I think that they are. And two, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what other people think of me or Waylon because ultimately I keep going back to the why and Waylon's needs are extraordinarily being met by being on that 20 foot leash. And sometimes dogs pull to sniff things and that's normal and that's acceptable and nothing needs to change about that. So I think that when you're dealing with people who maybe do care more and are paying more attention, 
I find that you can be impenetrable when you are clear on the why. And I love that feeling. I love that feeling of being untouchable because I know why I'm doing what I'm doing and I know that it's right. So no one's outside perspective can compromise that. And y'all, I think that that's really the ultimate goal, isn't it? That we're so clear on the why of trading with positive reinforcement, choosing kindness and compassion, meeting our individual dog's needs, that no outside perspective can change that. Okay, so as you're, I'm sure you're kind of getting the feel for here, this episode is really more about our own emotions and turmoil (laughs) than it is uh, the haters. But anyways, okay, so um, I think you're going to have to get really good at those reframes, right? And realizing that while maybe your family member made a shitty comment about your dog pushing you around or being the boss or being in control. You have to remember that them saying that doesn't change the truth about the fact that you are meeting your dog's needs. Okay. That doesn't change the truth about positive reinforcement being the most humane and effective way to train animals. Okay. So you're going to have to get really good at reframing when some of the haters start to come in. I think that something else that's really important with those reframes is that we're conscious of maybe some of the truth that comes through with some of the haters. So um, those of you who follow me over on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO um, have seen that I am I'm not immune to the haters. I've gotten quite a bit of internet hate and death threats and, you know, all the good, all the good stuff that people don't want to talk about that happens on social media. But one of the things I like to do in those reframes is recognize maybe some of the truth in what they've said. So I get a lot of hate from the e-collar community, um, the balance training community, claiming that, um, you know, my dog's recalls are not actually trustworthy. For those of you who know, I have a virtual course called Trustworthy Recalls, and the haters really like to point that out, right? Your dog's recall isn't actually trustworthy. And I think that something that I like to reframe, right, is that the haters are probably right. There's truth in the fact that Waylon doesn't come 100% of the time. But what I like to do when I reframe that is realize that no living, breathing creature is going to do something 100% of the time. Right. That's impossible. Robots do things 100 percent of the time, not living, breathing creatures. So while there is a slight amount of truth in what they're saying, that truth also applies to them. Right. So the people who want to come to my page and spew hate and tell me that my dog's recall isn't actually trustworthy. It's really sad because when I look at that, I realize that the reason that they're using e-collars on their dogs is because they want to prove that point. They want to prove that their dog will always come when they call. But That, in fact, is a lie, right? No animal is going to do something 100% of the time. This is not the way that the world works. And that always gets me back to this reframe of me feeling really good and grateful for the fact that Waylon's recall is trustworthy. I don't use that language loosely. Waylon's recall really is trustworthy. And while it's not 100%, It is in the 90, 95% of the time that when I call him, he does come back. And that is beautiful because I have gotten there 
by using positive reinforcement, by choosing kindness and compassion and doing what's in the best interest of Waylon and not reverting to ego and using really harmful training methods. Okay. So that's just kind of an example of like a reframe, right? Like I recognize maybe some of the truth in what the haters have to say, but ultimately that truth applies to them too and kind of goes against their point. Okay, so um, reframes are really, really important when we're dealing with the haters because we have to be able to reframe those things in our minds so that we can get back to that beautiful place of knowing that what we're doing, the way we're choosing to train our dogs is the best way for us. Okay, so I think that when it comes to dealing with the haters, Again, my goal is always to be impenetrable because I know exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing and the haters cannot touch me. They can't touch me here. I'm untouchable. And I think that that starts to have some pretty significant ripple effects because I am leading by example. I am strong. I am clear on why I'm choosing positive reinforcement, why I'm choosing to train with kindness and compassion, why I am meeting my individual's dog's needs as best as I can. And when that happens, when I lead by example, I think that even the haters can't help but question why they're hating. And I think that that's really important, everyone. You don't have to prove anything, but I think that being clear and strong in the why of what you're doing, you get to lead by example. And I think that that is the most potent uh, defense, so to speak, against the haters is just leading by example and seeing, right? Like it's working. This is what's happening. Everyone is finding joy. We're happy. And that is some of the feedback that I get over on my Instagram page time and time again, is that people are drawn to the fact that my dogs are so fucking happy. They're so happy. Their needs are being met. Their, their training is really wonderful, but they're happy. And you know what happens, right? When our dogs are genuinely happy, we also get to be genuinely happy. And while my focus has always been training dogs, I also genuinely love people. And I want to share the gift of that ultimate joy that I get to experience by letting my dogs be dogs and letting my dogs sniff and explore and pull ahead of me and be wild and silly sometimes if they need to be and not be robots. And I, I want that for you all too. But I think that in order to experience that joy, you have to lead by example and literally be overcome by that joy. Because once you have that feeling, that I guess acts as armor, right? Against the haters because I'm untouchable because I'm out, I'm enjoying life. My dogs are happy. My dog's needs are being met. I am happy. My needs are being met. And in those moments, in those instances, the haters can't touch us. Okay. So I really want you to aim for that. I want you to aim for leading by example and knowing that People are always going to be bitter. People are always going to hate the fact that your dog is happy and you're happy and you're not subscribing to dogs have to do this or that or the other thing. People are always going to be mad by that, but they're going to be mad by that. But hopefully that opens up a little bit of an opportunity for them to think to themselves, damn, 
maybe I deserve some of this joy and happiness too. Because we all, we're all worthy of it. Even the haters, right? Even the haters are are worthy of that joy and happiness, but we have to find it for ourselves, (laughs) right? We have to find it for ourselves so that way we don't have to get bogged down and stressed out by the haters, okay? So I want to talk a little bit more about maybe in a more personal level, not like internet trolls and internet haters, but maybe partner, your partner, um, your family members. So as many of you know, I have a lovely husband. His name is Corey. And when we um, got together, I wasn't a dog trainer. So um, in our relationship together, he has really seen me grow and evolve. And I'll be honest, early on in our relationship, I was really insecure about positive reinforcement training. And I was really insecure to his judgment about what I was doing. I was really feeling like I had to prove to him that it works and all of that, but I didn't have to prove that to him. I I really had to prove it to myself and love it and enjoy it and embody it. And it was really easy for him to see that. And um, I don't know, I guess we could say buy into the process, right? I find that a lot of my clients are so concerned about how their partners, their family members feel about what they're doing. And I think ultimately we have to get clear on how we feel about it first, right? We can't be so concerned with pleasing our partners or our family members. Ultimately, it's about loving our dogs and understanding what is best for our dogs. And then getting to that place, I feel like it's easier for our partners and our family members to see, right? To see and understand because, Positive reinforcement dog training is not just about dog training, right? It's about all of us understanding our own worth, our own value, and how we're all deserving of joy and having our needs met and getting outside of what society expects of us. So it's really important that you always come back to your why because I think that's going to help you deal with some of like those more personal relationships and think it's also important to say that some people are just never going to get it. They're never going to understand it. They're probably going to pass judgment at you a lot and you can't carry that burden. That's their burden. That's not yours. Okay. So that's something that I'm continuing to learn and work through. Um, it's just realizing that some of the haters, that's their burden. I'm not carrying anybody else's freaking burdens, right? I want to live my life unencumbered and joyful um, and just reap the benefits of all of the positive reinforcement that I, I not only give to the dogs, but I also am working to give to myself. And I, I will have to say too that I think that I've been able to show up so much better as a partner, as a daughter, as a sister, as a friend because of the principles and the way the things that I embody by choosing positive reinforcement with my dogs. Okay. So I think that something else that's really important when we're trying to deal with the haters is never missing an opportunity to celebrate progress, no matter how small it may seem to the outside world. If you've ever worked with me in person or virtually, you know that I am relentlessly optimistic and positive and I will always, always, always encourage my clients to circle back to what is going right. I think that because of the complicated nature of living with emotional beings, there's a lot of roller coaster. There's a lot of up and down. And I know a lot of you live with dogs that 
are not super easy to live with all of the time, right? You live with dogs that are complicated. Their behaviors make you feel probably insecure. The behaviors make you feel like a failure sometimes. Their behaviors make you feel like you don't know what the fuck you are doing. And please know that that's just part of the human experience in every aspect of our lives, but particularly when we live with dogs who have very complicated behavior challenges. Um, That stuff is normal, but you have to keep coming back to celebrating the progress and celebrating those small wins and celebrating our dogs for who they are. I think that Waylon has been an incredible teacher in that way. For those of you who are new to the podcast and you haven't heard the the many um, challenges that Waylon has brought into my life, um, Waylon has really pushed the envelope for me in doubling down on why I will never train a dog with harsh training methods, why I will never use an electronic device to train a dog. Because Waylon has shown me that while Waylon is an extremely, um, I guess we could label it strong willed <laughs> dog, um, positive reinforcement has created this insanely strong relationship and bond between the two of us. And it has just worked so goddamn well that I love him and I've been able to celebrate all of his progress and I've been able to understand him as an individual and get over some of my own ego and some of my own control issues. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't know that I had control issues until I had Waylon in my life. <laughs> um, but I really had to let go a lot of, of a lot of control, which was healthy and appropriate for me. And I think that a lot of the haters want you to control your dog. They want you to have control over your dog and they sell it as this. You get to have control over your dog. And um, you guys, if you haven't figured this out already, that is total bullshit. (laughs) Healthy relationships are not based in control. My friends, healthy relationships are based in meeting each other where we're at and honoring and recognizing and loving even some of the parts of the other partner's behaviors that we're not in love with, right? And I think that That's a beautiful gift that we get to love and celebrate and constantly evolve at with our dogs. Um, It really makes me so sad when I see people who are just constantly at odds. It's just a constant battle of the wills with their dogs. And it makes me really sad because it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be a constant battle of the wills. It gets to be a brilliant celebration of who the dog is and who the dog isn't. And, you know, I'm sure many of you can hear my dogs barking right now. <laughs> a package was just dropped off and I get to celebrate that too and be, instead of being mad at that. And I think that ultimately, when we get to celebrate everything that is and get out of our comfort zone and celebrate the things that maybe make us feel uncomfortable but love and appreciate our dogs and stick to treating our dogs humanely and choosing positive reinforcement and kindness and compassion, you literally get to up-level to a new existence. You're not bogged down by some of the BS that's associated with, you know, the dog training community who wants you to control your dog and dominate your dog and not let them be on the couch. All of that is, I just have no interest in being a part of that. And I think that the more you get to celebrate, love, and enjoy your dog, the easier it becomes to deal with the haters. It's really important to remember that the haters are never going to ask good questions. They're always going to point out things that they think are important, but ultimately probably really aren't. 
So I want to encourage all of you beautiful people listening to remember that as long as your mindset is clear, you're good at reframing, you lead by example, you love your dog and you celebrate progress in whatever way it comes, you start to become more and more untouchable to the haters. And I want that gift for you. Um, I'm not going to kid you and say that it's always easy. Um, It is really hard, especially when um, some of the internet trolls want to target you and they want to, you know, send death threats. Um, But ultimately, (laughs) the haters cannot touch me because I love myself and I love my dogs. And that's a pretty beautiful place to exist. So everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I love you all so freaking much. If you like this episode, do me a favor. Take a screenshot of it. Tag me over on the Instagram. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while and you would like to support this podcast further, you can do so by leaving a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. I think that the more reviews people can see, I think the more listeners can come in and join this beautiful movement. So everyone have a beautiful weekend, smooch those puppies for me, and I am already looking forward to the next episode. So I know that CBD is very popular right now, but did you know that there are other cannabinoid profiles that we can use for not only ourselves, but our our dogs as well? Vetsias has a new product out that is not only CBD, but it also uses CBG and CBN to act together to bring pretty strong results to the dogs. The new combination of the CBG, CBD, and CBN is really good for dogs with significant anxiety, excessive inflammation, or dysfunction of the neurologic system. I have been using the new profiles for Tiva. Many of you know my 14-year-old dog Tiva, and I've seen some really awesome changes in her mobility since starting the CBD, CBG, CBN combination. So if you're interested in trying any CBD products or checking out the new profile, check out vetcs.com and you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your purchase. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.